Welcome to Win the Day with Wasson, presented by MarketScale in partnership with WTD Consulting. Let's deep dive into the principles and perspectives that have shaped the winning mindsets with our guests focused on driving people performance. Confident our guests can help you unlock the coveted it factor that we believe is a learnable trait enabling the separation for success in a world of human commoditization. I'd like to welcome our audience. What a treat we're in for today. Special guest, Chase Harris an international icon in the fitness industry, an entrepreneur himself, the pride of Pampa, Texas. I'd like to welcome to the studio, the one and only Chase Harris. Thank you, brother, appreciate you. Chase, thanks for joining. For our audience, I think you're in for a tremendous blessing, so to speak, mm -hmm. hearing Chase's testimony. He's an omni-channel social media icon, a guy that's truly built his brand across a multitude of platforms. For those that aren't aware of Chase's story, let's deep dive right now. Chase, for our audience, give us your background. Who are you? Yeah, so Chase Harris, I grew up in a small town called Pampa, Texas, probably 17,000 people. Um, and growing up, it was, it was a little different. As you can imagine, I was a minority in the area that had a, um, I guess you'd say, a blessing or a gift for sports. So... Um, that was kind of my outlet. I would use my sports to kind of excel in life and to impact at a very young age. Um, during those times, I experienced a father who had a crack addiction growing up, which led to me growing up in a single family home or a um, single mother family home. Um, and so I had to become, I guess you say, more mature at a younger age than most. Um, but to say all that, that I guess you say beginning helped me with the acceleration that I experienced in my career, um, as well as just having a level of emotional maturity going through the situations like my son having spina bifida, me acquiring a felony conviction at the age of 24, looking at two years in prison. So without that upbringing, I probably would have folded. So Chase, you've talked about some of the past experiences that are impacting current behavior. Mm -hmm. Walk us through some of those past experiences, the things you went through to really level set and retrain your brain to obviously have that positive impact that you're having right now. Yeah, and so as an adult, what I realize a lot of the things that I do today are in spite of my upbringing. And so basically what that entails is being let me see, four or five years old, watching a man uh, bleed to death after being shot over a basketball game. Stuff that we watch on movies every single day, I literally watched it in real life. Um, seeing that and then just it almost being brushed over like that's, that's something normal in life. Um, watching my mom almost get beat to death by my father once he was on one of his rampages um, and thinking that, oh, this just happens. Um, being in the first grade, having my dad kidnap me from school and drive me to another state. I'm thinking I'm going on vacation later on as I'm being pulled back into the city with a barricade from the police. I realize this probably isn't where I was supposed to be going. So things like that that I endured um, and talking about right now, I'm just kind of reliving them. So it touches a little, a little different. Um, but those things, I realized I created a lot of defense mechanisms, which weren't always positive. It caused me to be very rigid, very structured, meaning you can become narrow-minded in that sense. And so just through the process of 
um, acquiring a felony from alcohol over usage, DWIs in Texas, three of them as a felony. Um, I was able to get into a program in Fort Worth called the Felony Alcohol Intervention Program, which is selective. You have to interview, and if people feel like you're serious, then you get um, chosen for the program. I was chosen four years, essentially prison outside of prison. So ankle monitor, checking the court every single week. Um, I had to go to AA meetings every single day, um, Christmas, Thanksgiving, it didn't matter. If you miss, you go to prison. Um, you can't drive for two years at that time. My wife was pregnant with our daughter um, and we had an ice storm in Texas. My wife doesn't know how to drive an ice. I'm in the, from the Texas Panhandle. I did it every season. I couldn't get in behind the wheel because if I got caught driving, it was seven years in prison automatically, no questions asked. So there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of resentments that were built during that time. Um, but as I got older and as I matured through this program, um, which I got out of in 20, October of 2018, 2017, excuse me, um, I just realized that a lot of the stuff that we endure is self-inflicted. I chose to drink that alcohol. I chose to drive that vehicle, which means that I chose to accept the consequences that came to me. Um, I think the hardest one to endure was that final DWI a couple weeks prior. I found out my father was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer. And so even though I had a tough upbringing, he was still my best friend as an adult because I never met an individual that was so much like me from a mental standpoint. And so I was arrested at basically two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, which was the day I was supposed to get up and go visit him and basically say my goodbyes. He passed away on that Monday morning. I never got to say goodbye. So essentially I had to accept the fact that I chose alcohol over my own father. Even though he had his issues in the past, as he got older, he was an individual that never stopped trying. He didn't, he had $9 in his pocket, but because he told me as his son that he would go to my college graduation, he was there. He ran out of gas 40 miles outside of Denton, Texas and hitchhiked to make it to my graduation. And so when you experience things like that and you see how people can get knocked down and get back up. That kind of influenced me to not only continue to inspire by my actions, but also pour life into people. Because people, it may not be that traumatic, but I can't tell you that your situation is any less than mine because it affects people in the same fashion. And so through fitness, I'm able to not only help you build your self-esteem by changing your physique, um, also speaking positive affirmation into you good job. You're doing amazing. Look at the progress you're making. So I'm getting to affirm individuals so they truly start to love themselves again. And so through that, not only am I helping them, they're helping me because I'm still battling these scars that are internal. And so um, a lot of my upbringing is the reason I am the man that I am today. Even though it was rough, um, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But without it, I wouldn't I wouldn't live in the state of gratitude that I do today. Well, I think that attitude of gratitude you talked mm -hmm. through and that journey that you've been on and kudos to you for having the the willpower, the mental fortitude to to push past those demons mm -hmm. and ultimately continue to impact like you are today. So I, I know our audience, I know myself personally, that's something that takes a lot of courage, mm -hmm. perseverance, and has allowed you to excel through experience at adversity to mm -hmm. now be a testimony to the people that you not only train, right. but even your own family that you talked about. So 
Let me fast forward when you and I first met. Mm -hmm. It was 10, 10, 11 years ago. You were still a small time trainer. Right. Anytime fitness. Yeah. You know, I meet a guy who was wired for success. You had a positive mentality and you kind of shared the vision with me. Mm -hmm. At the time you were launching a brand called Mutual Muscle. Mm -hmm. Walk our audience through how you went from Chase Harris launching a Mutual Muscle brand at Anytime Fitness mm -hmm. to now leveraging Omnichannel, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, multi-million followers mm -hmm. and the ability through a few clicks to impact generations um, of you know people from all ages. Yeah. Walk us through that. Yeah. And so the funny thing about it is Mutual Muscle was just a visual of the pain I was experiencing. Mutual muscle to me was the ultimate mind-muscle connection, meaning when my mind is telling me I can't do it, my body doesn't stop moving. When my body is so fatigued that it literally can't endure more, my mind tells it to take one more step. And so essentially that's what my brand was. It was a way for me to express myself outwardly to the community, but also impact people that are dealing with the same issues that I'm dealing with. Um, and now we get to wear it on our chest and have an affirmation every single day when we see it in the mirror when we're working out or take a picture and you get to see it displayed. So that's kind of how that started. But it's funny because when I told my wife, my wife was, I think, let me see, I launched it in June. We found out we were pregnant in August. So we we're going to have a, a kid in like three months. My wife was like, are you crazy? We're about to have a new child. You're trying to launch this new business. But I told her I have to do this because if I don't, I'm going to be cheating myself and other people because I know people are struggling with the same thing I'm struggling with. And I would literally be, I mean, I wouldn't be living out my full purpose if I didn't do this. And so by starting that and seeing how many lives it impacted, and at that time, social media wasn't what it was. You had Instagram, but it took a lot to kind of build a following on Instagram. But I was able to build that brand to over 10,000 followers in I think uh, one year span and start to impact lives all across the world from Germany to Ireland, um, selling products all across the world and impacting lives. People sending me their story and telling me what they're struggling with. Um, so it was cool to take that chance for the first time as I guess you'd say a quote unquote entrepreneur. Yes, I was a contracted trainer, but that was my first time taking a vision of mine and making it tangible for people to be able to experience. So a big part that we talk about on the podcast is visualization drives realization. Mm -hmm. I think that was, as you've kind of talked through, kind of the first entrepreneurship journey that you yourself went on. Scaled mutual muscle. Mm -hmm. You talked about some of the personal things that were going on as far as pregnancy, you know, strong family at home. I know you've touched on faith as being mm -hmm. a, a strong pillar uh, as far as what you guys you know, build your foundation on. Right. Let's fast forward for our audience. So you have your daughter, time progresses. You then become a father of another young son, mm -hmm. Cash Money. Yep. Walk our audience through who is Cash and what kind of impact has he made on your life so far? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to back up just a little bit. So experience is just funny, the trajectory of my life. My father passed away August, um, August 10th of 2018, my daughter was born um, August 5th, or 20, I'm sorry, 2014. My daughter was born August 5th of 2018. So basically going into fatherhood without any direction. I had a stepfather, 
Um, we weren't extremely close at the time. We grew to become a little bit closer. Well, fast forward Cash. Cash was born April 27th of 2018. My stepfather passed away a congested heart failure in June of 2018. So here I was restarting again, going into not only having a son, but having a son with disabilities. And so it was just a situation, speaking of faith, where I'm like, God, what do you, what do you, what do you keep doing this to me for? And then I just go back and, experience, and just accept the fact that, you know, the cliche saying, God gives the biggest challenges to his strongest soldiers. And so at the end of the day, I just accept it. You gave me this blessing and the way cash came about, my wife and I, we weren't on the best terms. Um, just, you know, marriage issues and things like that. I felt like God told me, you're being selfish, you need to be fruitful. I went to my wife and this is, uh, this is verbatim. I was in the guest room, she was in her room. That's how we slept at the time. I said, God told me we need to have another kid. Tell me when you're ovulating. And I went back to my room. She told me she was ovulating. 20, or I guess you say 20 weeks later, we found out we were going to have a son with spina bifida. And so for me, it was like I was obedient. I trusted you. And this is what you decide that I deserve. And so I prayed every single day for 10 months straight. Make my son better. Make my son better. Fix him. Fix him. When he was born, we experienced 16 surgeries in 12 in. 16 surgeries in 18 weeks. Um, so it, it, it was tough to watch him go through that stuff. Every single week, it was a new surgery, sometimes multiple surgeries in one week. And so I was mad, I was angry at God. I didn't understand. Um, and so, but the thing is, Cash never lost a smile. And so I just had to accept, you're, you're worried more so about you than you are about your own son. And so every single day, as he continued to progress through his life, he was teaching me things. He was teaching me how to become more selfless. He was teaching me how to experience God's glory in every situation. Just because it didn't look like shiny and, and bright eyed to me, it was a blessing to somebody. And so here we are as he is four years old and he's been doing it since birth. He has impacted, I mean, just based on the social media statistics, he has impacted over 10 million lives. In well, four and that's years. one thing I wanna to touch on. And, and for those that don't know, Cash is obviously someone that's inspirational. Mm -hmm. I think that inspiration though comes from him being able to look up to you as mm -hmm. a father, mm -hmm. the way you carry yourself, your story, and ultimately every day, the blessings you're pouring into him mm -hmm. is what I think the outward community is now seeing his face, his demeanor, his mentality, his competitive spirit. And for those of our audience that may not be as aware, Chase, can you just deep dive into spina bifida, what mm -hmm. it is, how you guys were made aware, and just for our Win the Day community, for those that might be experiencing it, what were some things you guys learned along the way that you wish you had known, you know, on the initial diagnosis? Yeah, yeah. So spina bifida is a neurological disorder. As crazy as it is, it's something that happens in the brain, which then transpires down into the spinal cord. And so essentially what happens is during birth, the spinal canal is open, it's filleted. And so the spinal cord is exposed to all um, fluids that occur during the birthing process. So whatever damage is done to the spinal cord, I mean, it's wraps. Nowadays, they have surgeries that are proven successful that you can do like a, a fetal surgery while they're still in the womb. And a lot of these kids that are born, um, they don't have the same issues that Cash does. When it was introduced to us, the doctor basically said, yeah, there's a 50-50 chance that it worked, but also the baby and the mom may die. So it was like, 
that ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't even take one percent. And so we found out for him, um, the the area of his spinal cord that was affected, he was gonna have uh, lower muscle tone in his lower extremity, so he's bound to a wheelchair, um, bowel issues, so we cath him to pee and we have to do suppositories and different things for him to uh, do number two, basically. Um, He was born, he had a trach. He had bilateral vocal cord paralysis. That's something called Chiari malformation. It's just a symptom of spina bifida where basically your brain stem is too large for the opening of your spinal canal at the top. So they have to cut the back open and expand your spinal canal so that the brain stem can fit in there. But during that, he acquired vocal cord paralysis, wore a trach for two years. Um, he had a, obviously his vocal cord, so he was aspirating everything, every ounce of milk he consumed. He was a hungry kid, he ate eight ounces at a time, and it was going straight into his lungs. So then we had to put a feeding tube. Um, he wore that for a year. Um, but all at his own will, man, he, he ridded all that stuff. And one year, he was the first one to start putting food in his mouth. And so pulled that out. He was the one that pulled the trach out and just would play game, blow air out of it or whatever. But I would just put my finger over and see how long he could last, really. And it sounds cruel, but at the end of the day, I knew his ability. And there's signs and symptoms, obviously, if they're in respiratory distress. So, I mean, he just proved that he could endure it all. He's a fighter. He's Mm -hmm. a champion. And those traits have obviously caught the attention of even professional athletes. Mm -hmm. So for our audience that probably didn't see the article, Chase went viral through an experience with the Dallas Mavericks. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's inspirational. I think it's touching a lot of lives, but Chase, for our Win the Day community, walk us through how the Mavericks even noticed Chase, what that experience was like, and what not only he's learned, but the impact he's having on sharing his story with others that's really giving him a, a sense of not only purpose, but a sense of sharing his testimony to lift others up through yeah. his journey. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny because it was truly his zest for life. It was a video um, of him having a procedure at school, um, him getting cast so he could pee, and the nurse is phenomenal there. She lets him shoot the baby wipe in the trash can, and he missed, so he said, oh, I hurt my ankle. So she wrapped it up in an ace bandage, and so when he came home, he had this ace bandage on. Well, she sent me a voicemail explaining all this stuff. And so I just pretty much played the voicemail and recorded it. And then he came home and he had the ankle brace on or the ankle wrap on. And I mean, from that, people just saw, regardless of his circumstance, he was still shooting hoops. And so, I mean, that went for 13 million. And so it was just a situation where that video allowed people to see his personality. And regardless of his circumstance, he doesn't use that as a crutch. He just, this is just what it is, but he doesn't see himself any different from us. And so I think that alone allowed these other basketball players and his knowledge of basketball is, I mean, is of an adult. And so when he meets these guys, or excuse me, let me back up, the wife of the athletic trainer for the Dallas Mavericks saw this video, shared it with him. He shared it with Nico, who's the general manager of the Mavs. And then they invited us out to a practice and then we followed that up with a game where we sat courtside, we went into the locker room. So, I mean, it's beautiful to see as a parent because you get to see your son truly living out his dream at only four years old. And so um, 
And that's what all of them say. They say, y'all are doing a great job because this kid here, he just, his boldness, Jason Kidd said he has a boldness that is, is unmatched. So you comment on boldness, personality. These are traits that all of us could possess, mm -hmm. right? One of the things we've deep dived in with guests on Win the Day with Wasson is there's also a factor, we call it the it factor. Mm -hmm. What is it that separates each and every one of us to ultimately have success in a world of essentially human, human commoditization? Yeah. What I hear from not only your testimony, but even the way you're raising cash, is there no, there, he's putting no limits on himself. Right. And I think the way he's living, that beaming personality, obviously we're in the city of Dallas, mm -hmm. our studios are here, Kudos to the Mavericks for reaching out. Yep. Tremendous organization bringing him into the fold. But have you seen the professional athletes chase almost look into Cash's eyes and see, man, I want to play for him. Yeah. Walk us through, have there been any stories that from the athletes themselves on the impact Cash is having on the way they approach the game? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, probably some of the biggest ones are Dwight Powell, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. These are individuals that when they see cash, they come up to them and basically ask, what do you want me to do tonight? Like, uh, I want you to dunk or so-and-so. I want you to hit this many threes. And so it's funny because they almost looked to him as motivation. He saw, he met Blake Griffin the night that they were playing um, the Celtics. And he told Blake Griffin, who y'all play? He said, I'm going to play San Antonio. He was like, okay, make sure you dunk on somebody for me. And Blake told him, okay, if I dunk, just know it's for you. Same thing with Trey Young. We met Trey Young at the Atlanta Hawks game. And he told Trey, Trey said, we're playing um, the Knicks on Friday. And he said, dunk on Julius Randle for me. And Trey was like, I got you. So what that, what that shows me is Trey is a 6'1 guard. Julius Randle is 6'7", 6'8", center. He sees no limits. If you have the ability and the will to want to do it, you just go do it. If you fail, guess what? You learn why you failed and you come back and you do it to perfection. If not perfection, you do it until you can get it done. And so um, I, I would agree, and I rarely take credit for that, but I agree that my wife, myself, and even my daughter, we don't place any limits on him or ourselves. For my wife, that's a very difficult thing for a mother to watch her son specifically go through, um, and she has endured it amazingly. Um, there, there's obviously situations where she is a, she's a lot more coddling and protective of him than I am because... I tell him, son, this, this world don't care about you. It will chew you up and spit you out. And so if I treat you in a fashion, mind you, he's four years old and I talk to him just like this. Mm -hmm. if, if I allow you to feel sorry for yourself because of your wheelchair, feel sorry for yourself because you can't do what the other kids do, you're gonna feel sorry for yourself. And so I think me speaking that life into him and my daughter as well, helps them understand that with God behind me, there's really no limit that I should place on myself because he hasn't placed a limit on me. He's allowed me to get this far and I'm in a wheelchair. Um, there's a lot of situations I couldn't eat at one time through my mouth. I couldn't breathe through my nose at one time. That didn't stop me, I'm still progressing. So why should I allow any worldly thing to make me believe that I can't continue to impact lives and progress in this world? I, I love that. I think it all goes back to the mindset you've preached Mm -hmm. It's ultimately every day that ends in why mm -hmm. he's winning the day. Yep. One thing I'd like to touch on, and you mentioned kind of life in a wheelchair, there's still opportunities for him to compete mm -hmm. at a high level. I know that's something he's passionate about. For our audience, walk them through how Chase is training right now to put himself on a 
global platform yeah. to put to represent the USA at some point as an Olympian basketball player. Yeah, so he is on. He is a part of the NWBA, which is the National Wheelchair Basketball Association. At four years old, you're not allowed to be on the team until you're six. But because of his tenacity, because of his maturity at such a young age, young age, the coach has allowed him to be on the team. And he went to his first basketball tournament last week, and he's banging with 10-year-olds. And he has no fear. He experienced some fatigue because he's not used to moving that much in his wheelchair, three games back-to-back. But if you ask him what he wants to do, I'm going to be a basketball player. I'm going to the Olympics. That's what he's going to tell you. And since he was two years old, he's been shooting his clothes into the clothes hamper. We have 13 basketball goals around our house, so any way he turns, he can shoot a shot. We practice dribbling from a wheelchair. We practice passing. We practice rebounding. Everything that is part of the game, we practice upon his desire. And so he understands the goal. And so much so, we have um, Kansas City is the nationally ranked wheelchair basketball team um, and what they call prep. Prep is like 11 to 15 years old. There's sophomores in high school that are sending us messages via social media, man, I hope one day I get to play on the same team as Cash. This is a four-year-old kid, but because they see how hard he's working, they see his will to be great, they are inspired to one day be his teammate, which is, is not out of the cards because there's no age restriction really when you get to the Olympics. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm a big believer age is just a number. Yep. In whatever facet of life you're in, you can always impact, you can always deliver, you can always kind of take that competitive spirit and mm. transcend onto people. You talked about social media and the power and really the scale of impact it mm-hmm. can have. I think that's something you've done a tremendous job of building not only your fitness platform, mm-hmm. your different real estate ventures, et cetera, but talk to our audience for those that aren't really aware of how you've leveraged social media into initially how you built it, mm-hmm. where you've taken it today, and ultimately how you see it impacting any brand of business um, for, for the foreseeing future. Yeah, yeah. And so it's funny when I got on, just like anybody else, it was to scroll and basically just get some type of stimulant. Like I want to see and I just want to watch videos and things like that. It wasn't until I started Mutual Muscle I realized I can monetize this and take an online store and create a customer base for it. And so experiencing being able to build my Mutual Muscle brand to 10,000 followers in such a short amount of time, uh, I just switched that over to my personal brand. And so in 2020, um, I had from 2016 to 2020, I opened a gym that was actually called Mutual Muscle Elite Training Center. And then... Um, a year late after in 2016, 2017, opened one called Rapid Results. And they were still under the same umbrella. And I did the same uh, social media marketing for those. Um, in 2020, I got the opportunity to go to California and train um, debatably one of the greatest songwriters in the history of music in Party Next Door. And so I rebranded myself as Chase Harris Fit because I wanted people to know that it's me that is doing all this stuff. And so from that, I just switched it over and I started branding myself, showing my lifestyle, showing fitness information, giving valuable content to my to my audience, basically. And so from that, I grew that from, I mean, I had 1,100 followers to now 29,000 in roughly three years. And so um, from there, went to the TikTok, was building that from a fitness standpoint, 
posted the video of Cash. It went for 13 million. That was my most viral video I ever had. So now I've transitioned that to his channel, essentially. Obviously, a four-year-old can have a social media page. So it's him and I as a team on there. But I post content of him transferring. People love to see him being able to get from his wheelchair to a chair, to a bench, whatever it may be. It inspires others, him playing basketball, his progression in that, and then ultimately just his overall basketball knowledge. And so the idea is to acquire an avatar, an audience, figure out what is valuable to them, and then deliver it to them on a consistent basis so it can impact their lives. And so from a fitness standpoint, people like to see my progression through bodybuilding prep, the foods that I'm eating, the workouts I'm doing, the cardio, but also living everyday life as a husband and a father. And so that's what I portray on my social media platform on Instagram. For Cash, they wanna see him progress with his transfers. They wanna see how he's getting better in basketball. They wanna do rapid fires with them. Give me this many players on this team, this team. And so um, just a small little point, they were reaching out to us yesterday, um, the Dallas Mavericks and the Brooklyn Nets made a trade for Kyrie Irving. They were reaching out to us to get Cash's insight on the trade. These are adults, these are 30, 40 year old people. So just finding something that's valuable to our audience and delivering it to them on a consistent basis. And so for businesses in the future, commercials aren't really, they're really dead. People have acquired a mentality of not filling their brain with, I mean, junk. And so most people don't watch TV like they used to anymore but they will pick up their phone and look at a Twitter, look at an Instagram, look at a TikTok. And so for an individual that can build a brand specifically for themselves, but also be able to deliver a product in a fashion to where they portray that they know, like, and trust this brand, then people, their fans and their followers are gonna believe them and try this brand out if it's something that is suitable for their life. And so your marketing power is in social media these days. It's not TV, it's not, it's finding someone who has 10 million, 20 million, or hundreds of thousands of followers, because that is a genuine connection of people that they have. If we like Nike, that's just a broad spectrum. We like the design. These people know, like, and trust us. They know our story. They know the type of people we are. And so when we promote something, they know that we wouldn't promote it unless we truly believed in the integrity of the brand and the product. And so they're more likely to purchase that product from someone that they have been experiencing life with, if you will, from a media base. Yep, well, and I think it's tremendous points. I think for our audience, it's in a variety of arenas. Those, mm -hmm. are, those are pearls that they can take and create action on mm -hmm. and drive immediate, immediate value and scalability. Mm -hmm. One thing you touched on, and I think it's really what separates yourself from other social influencers, et cetera, is authenticity. Mm -hmm. You've shared your story where you've essentially come from the bottom mm -hmm face trials and tribulations, overcome those adverse experiences to persevere and continue to win mm -hmm. through a variety of channels. For our audience who isn't in here live, you're not in a sports coat. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that uh, this one wouldn't fit you right. as much as the camera may, uh, may not show. Yeah. You're obviously putting in a lot of work in the gym, mm -hmm. which is part of that process that you're showing to your son that we talked about. Walk our audience through why bodybuilding, Chase? Mm -hmm. Why put yourself through the scrutiny of the process, but you've talked about it. You've always had your eye on what? The reward. Right. I know for this, the reward is in May, mm -hmm. but for our viewers, 
Walk us through what you're putting your body through right now. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, the scrutiny, not only the physical, emotional um, scrutiny, but also the speculation from the outsider. Ster or uh, Bodybuilding is naturally connected with steroid use. And so when you're a part of this organization, a part of this industry, you're going to be called juice head. You're going to be called all these names that may not even relate to you. And so for me, I look at this as an opportunity to show my children, if you apply discipline, consistency, you can experience a reward at the end that is desirable for you. And so for me, I go through 12 to 16 weeks of 100% eating or nutrition, meaning I'm only eating chicken, fish, rice, potatoes, oatmeal, protein shakes. Um, that's it. I don't cheat. I don't, but I don't keep it from them. If you want to have your cookies, if you want to have your candy, you can have that. That doesn't affect me because in real life, people around you are going to be able to do things that you cannot do. And so through this process, that's what I want to portray to them. So they get to see me for 12 to 16 weeks, eat exactly what I'm supposed to eat, go to the gym, sacrifice. I, I'm family first, so I don't go to the gym. If, if they're at school, I'll do my, my training while they're at school. But if they come home and I haven't finished my cardio, I will put them to bed, and then I'll head to the gym at 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night and do my cardio because they should not have to experience me being absent to accomplish one of my goals. And that's just my opinion. So I handle my fatherly duties, and then I go finish the work that I didn't finish earlier because it's just poor time management on my part. They shouldn't have to pay for that. Well, I think it's a testimony too, though, and you've touched on this, and I think it's been a, a resounding theme with your story. You were raised a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you now see the value that a father, mm -hmm. a mother, a loving household can have on ultimately that vision or, or that there's always someone looking up to you. Right. In your case, Cash and your daughter. But through social media, you now have all these viewers watching your every move. Mm -hmm. So not only are you impacting your day-to-day you know, -day family life, right. you're now having you know, a channel that's giving empowerment to individuals all over the world that are tuned in to Chase Harris Fit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, kudos to yourself that has not only built the Chase Harris brand, but talk about through social media, you're also a brand ambassador for a variety of brands mm -hmm. helping to build and scale their marketing platforms. For our audience, can you touch on some of those, Chase? Yeah, yeah. And I think the biggest part with my um, partnerships with these brands is um, I don't have any fear of judgment. And so um, one of my main partnerships is Chubby's. Chubby's is an apparel company that has very vibrant, flamboyant apparel. They have uh, American flag uh, or coveralls or overalls. They have very floral matching suit shirts and shorts. and that's all I wear. So when you see me at the beach or in the airport going to the beach, you're going to see what looks like a romper, but really just a matching top and bottom. And then I'm going to pair it with some nice shoes that are pretty vibrant. Um, so really the, the companies that they, they understand that I'm just going to be out there and I'm going to be me. I'm not going to steer away because it may be pink or it may be this or maybe this meaning or whatever. It doesn't matter because I know my heart. I know what I stand for and it's valuable products. So I don't mind sharing that with my audience. And so um, Chubby's is one. 
a fitness brand that I have a partnership with called Jed North, a Canadian-based company. Um, and their clothes is phenomenal. It, it, fit, it shapes your body and it fits you in a way. They have a message that is very empowering to anyone who wants to start a fitness journey. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. Um, Dimatized, which is a protein company. They have been one of the top ranked protein companies for decades just because they keep a clean product. Um, and many more. <laughs> so I, I love it. I love the fact that you're tied to brands that represent the way you think, you mm -hmm. feel, you operate. You mentioned Chubbies. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of the beach. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I love them. Mm -hmm. I rock it. Um, and, and what I love about the things you've said is all of these brands are looking for an ambassador like yourself mm -hmm. to reach an audience, but to share a story of the way you live your life. Right. And I think that's really for our audience, if they haven't already gravitated to you yourself or a brand, but with that brand, cascades excellence that's tied to these other brands. Mm -hmm. So tremendous, you know, gratification to yourself and obviously those brands that, that you're tied to. As we're kind of closing down, Chase, you've touched on your life, your journey, the trials, the tribulations, the things you've gone through that have put you in this position you're in. For our audience, for our Win the Day community, what else would you say triggered in your mind flip the switch for you to turn it on and operate day to day with this win the day mindset mm -hmm. that you're living. Yeah. And so um, what's funny is I think you and I touched on this about 10 years when we met is win the day has always been your motto. Initiate a winning mindset has always been mine. And so I just took that mantra and I've lived that way um, up until now. And so I just, I've realized that the trials and tribulations I've gone through in my past, I can either allow them to determine who I am and where I'm going or use them as fuel to get to where I want to be. And so with that, I understand and realize what I went through was not normal and not desirable, but without it, I wouldn't have the mental endurance that I have today. I wouldn't have um, the sense of gratitude and the, the, just the desire for people to see them win because for me, I didn't always have the best support system, but individually being able to not live in the self-pity state, I've been able to break the generational curses of being the first one to graduate from high school, being the first one to acquire a college degree, being the first sibling of mine to have not gone through a divorce, to not have multiple baby mamas and all this type of stuff. So, but all that is rooted in Christ. All that is rooted because I decided that by myself, I'm gonna fail. That's just, I, I've proven that in the past. But if I just understand that centered in me, I have greatness, then I can walk in a fashion that some may see as conceited. But for me, I just see it as a sense of confidence because these gifts were free to me. And if I utilize them, only I can stop where I wanna go. And so with that mindset, there's really no limit that I should believe exists because I haven't experienced it yet. And so why should I believe that it's going to come one day? For our audience, the passion, the vision, the mindset, really the journey that Chase has shared, hopefully can have an impact on you. But more importantly, you can take some of the traits and the blueprint that Chase has shared with each and every one of us of how not only he's been able to unlock the coveted it factor in his own mind, 
but how he's transcended that vision to his son Cash to impact thousands across the globe. Chase, can't thank you enough for being part of Win the Day with Wasson. I'm gonna leave you and our community with a couple things. We rise, we grind, we shine, we impact. If it ends in Y, let's win the day. Thank you for tuning in.